Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for November 25th is Galatians chapters 4 through 6. Finishing up with chapter 3, the very last verse there says, If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What is the promise that God made to Abraham? That he would have a nation, that he would have a land, and that he would be a blessing to all the peoples on earth. Jesus Christ is the ultimate fulfillment of that prophecy made thousands of years before, all the way back in Genesis chapter 12. And we are heirs, it says here, if we belong to Christ. So we will inherit Abraham's blessing of having a nation, a land, a physical land, and being a blessing. When does an heir receive their inheritance? Typically, it's when the testator or the one who wrote the will passes away. Jesus died, and because of his death, we inherit our inheritance. Our heirship has been fulfilled. God is calling his people in this day to recognize that they have already received everything they need in order to walk in perfect sonship in Christ. God has already supplied you everything you need, both for this life and for godliness. We have been made new. Our identity has been redeemed. We are sons and daughters of the living God. We don't have to beg God for anything. We just seek his kingdom. We figure out how it is we apply the head knowledge that his kingdom, the king's dominion, is advancing and we are part of it. We are one with him as Jesus was in the Father and the Father was in the Son. Jesus said, abide in me and I will abide in you. And then you can ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And Paul here is writing to the Galatians and by extension to us today saying, if you are one in Christ and he will give you everything you need, if you are a son or a daughter, you have been adopted into the body of Christ, then why are you going about trying to fulfill a law that you can't keep anyway? Why are you forcing people to become circumcised as an outward sign? In verse 4, he writes, God sent his son born to a woman under the law to redeem those who were born under the law. We were under the law, but we were redeemed that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent his spirit by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba is, is like when an English-speaking child says, Daddy or Papa. It's an endearing term of affection, of not fear of not far off, not a cold title. It's a loving name. And so by that spirit, we cry out, Abba, Father, like God is your Papa. He's your daddy. If you have the spirit, if you're walking with him and you're no longer a slave, you're no longer a servant, 
but you're a son. And because you're a son or daughter, you are an heir. Paul is pleading with these Galatian believers, please don't be drawn away. There are people seeking to entice you. There's people appealing to your flesh and trying to draw you away. Only focus on your relationship with God through the redemption you received in Jesus Christ. Nothing else matters. He makes allusion to his weakness of the flesh in verse 13 of chapter 4. If you compare that to chapter 6, verse 11, look at my handwriting, how large I write, and the thorn in his flesh, a messenger from Satan, that he references in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Many people believe that Saul or Paul had poor eyesight. And that's very likely. It could have been anything else, but he had some sort of a weakness in his flesh in order to keep him humble. And God told him, that his grace was sufficient for Paul. And Paul says, even though I'm, I'm suffering in the flesh and I was there in physical weakness, you recognize the power of God that was coming out of my mouth because it was of the Spirit. Why are you being drawn away now? There are two covenants God made with the descendants of Abraham. One was by Sarah who was a child of the promise. Of course, that's Isaac. The other was through Ishmael, son of the slave woman, Hagar. And it's not to put down Ishmael. It's not to put down Hagar. It's to make a distinction that these two women and their sons represent different covenants. The one is servitude to God. I'm just a slave. I'm nothing. I don't deserve to be in your presence. The other is a son who recognizes the authority of the father, but also understands he's part of the family. He doesn't have to walk in fear unless he's walking in sin. And then he'd provoke the wrath of the father. But a son doesn't have to do anything in order to receive the love and affection of the father or to keep the love and affection of the father. The son just carries on with who he is. They enjoy the company of their father. They carry the name of the father. They represent the father, but they're not afraid to make eye contact with him. Verse 28 says, you too, brothers, are like Isaac, your children of the promise. And keep in mind, the children of the flesh will persecute the children of the promise. They're jealous. They don't understand, and they're ignorant of the loving relationship that's available to them. It's very interesting how it's the children of the flesh who persecute the children of the Spirit because of the freedom they have as a result of the relationship they have. And chapter 5, verse 1 says, It's for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. Now, this does not mean we shouldn't have spiritual disciplines. There is so much power that comes from being devoted to giving God the first portion of your day, getting up early in the morning, praying and reading the word. We should be giving God the first fruit of our time for sure, and our affections, and our finances, our resources, whatever he gives, whatever we receive, we should offer it to him first. 
We should be disciplined in that way, praying and studying the Word, longing to get to know Him better. But at the same time, we understand that we do it out of a desire to know Him. We do it out of a desire to be close to Him. We don't do it out of obligation. All that matters is faith working through love. That faith is literally, it's to be persuaded by God. It's understanding that what God has said is true. It's trusting in Him to fulfill His word and being motivated by a love. Verse 13 of chapter 5 says, You were called to be free. Pure love sets us free. It's not about keeping the law. It's not about following a set of rules or being religious. It's about being free. So if you're acting in freedom, if you're living in freedom, then you will be free to serve one another through love. That is what God is calling us to do. Verse 16 says, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. The works of the flesh are evident. They're obvious. We know what's wrong when we see others doing it, and when we do it ourselves, we know it's wrong. We often try to justify it. Sexual immorality, impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, all of these things and more are works of the flesh. We will not feed those. We will not follow in those. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. These things have no law against them. And what these things are, these fruits of the Spirit, they are the natural outflow of being with God and becoming like Him. God loves us. God wants us to be like Him because He understands that's the way to true happiness. That's where joy comes from. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. The fruit is the byproduct. And these fruit of the Spirit show us what God's character looks like. As we spend time with Him, we become more like Him. And then we exemplify Him. And we honor Him because we are like Him. And we treat others the way He would. Chapter 6 talks about sin. When you see your brother sinning, restore him with love and a gentle spirit carry one another's burdens, and yet don't expect anyone to carry your own burden. In verse 5, each person will have to carry his own load. So expect to help other people, but don't expect help from other people. Don't act like you deserve help, but be grateful when you receive it. Verse 6 says, let the one who has taught the word share all his good things with the teacher. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. You will reap what you sow. That's a spiritual law, and it's true when it comes to tithing and offerings, but it's true in every regard. The same way we judge, it will be measured unto us. You get what you give. It's the way God designed it. And it's interesting. We've, we've heard this verse quoted many times, don't grow weary in doing good, but the context is giving. Don't grow weary in doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Farming never produces instant results, my friends. We plant the seed, we water it, 
We let the sun and the natural process do what it is designed to do, and over time, we will receive the harvest. So don't grow weary in doing good. God bless you, my friends. Thank you for being on this journey with me. It is a pleasure and an honor. We'll see you tomorrow. And for those of you who are interested, I do have a real estate business with Call It Closed International Realty. Help people buy and sell homes and other property, as well as I help real estate agents become more successful in their own businesses. So if you are a real estate professional or if you are somebody looking to buy or sell property, please reach out through agentdaviddoty.com. Thank you so much for your consideration.